Buckle up, hotties. It's time to talk some hoops. Welcome to Crunch Wears No Pants with Brandon, Nate, and Jordan. Welcome to Crunch Wears No Pants. I am Jordan Almat. That's Brandon Beck. And that is Nate. Totally you're not sick at all. Alsdurf. We are the bosses of the Pull Tab Sports uh, Hoops Department, and we are powered exclusively by Jimmy's Dips and Joe Mama's Salsa. We are recording on January 5th. So this is a rare occurrence. We're getting we're doing two episodes in two weeks due to our recording schedule. So this is quite exciting to see how we do with less content at at at, at our disposal. But I think we have had some lively things. I think the vibes are demonstrably better than well, yes, they were really bad. <laughs> they were rough there for, and they were rough after we recorded, but they seem to be leveling out. So we're gonna talk about this uh two-game win streak. We're gonna talk about a little bit of uh the D'Angelo Russell. Uh, social media drama, drama. <laughs> the T, and it's finally time we've meet we've met Brandon. We've met your criteria for trade talk discussion, aka we're close to the deadline, <laughs> so we can talk about it. You guys wanted to talk about trade stuff <laughs> on like the second episode. <laughs> I was so swayed by Twitter to be like, "Oh, it's trade time." Um, before okay, let's we might be jumping ahead, but like, there's not really much that the Wolves can do. Based on like who's on the market right now, allegedly. This is we have a whole segment. You're right. You're right. This. I shouldn't jump ahead about it. But you know what we can talk about right now? Jimothy Dipperton. Jimothy Dipperton. I'm just buying time as I find the the notes here. Jimmy's dips, Stewartsville, Minnesota. Do you know where that is? I do not. It's in Minnesota, and that's oh, where Jimmy's <laughs> Dips hails from. Okay, Jimmy's Dips is a third-generation, locally-owned company responsible for some of the most delicious dips this side of Rudy Gobert's large and powerful body. Okay, we don't we don't talk about things in, in relation to the Mississippi River anymore. We talk about where is Rudy Gobert? Is it on the right or left of it? East or west? North or south? And this is uh, on that side, whatever side Stewartsville is on. <laughs> in relation to Rudy Gobert, um, it's the most delicious dips on both sides, actually. This has just been a horrendous ad read. But what about right in the middle? What if you're on the on Rudy Gobert? So you want me to put Jimmy's dips on Rudy Gobert? And no, we're not supposed to talk about that type of stuff anymore. No, I don't. I want. I'm like yours. You're on Rudy Gobert's shoulders eating Jimmy's dips. Mm, I want the Jimmy's dips on his kind of lightly hairy French chest. Like okay, <laughs> but they have veggie dips and they have the caramel dips. The car, the regular caramel and the sweet, uh, not the sweet, the sea salt caramel. Both are $4.99 and both pair well with the apples you eat once a day to keep the doctors away. If you're anti-doctor, which, you know, Durf the Insurrectionist definitely is anti-doctor. Rudy Gobert, <laughs> <Rudy> anti-doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So go to uh, your Cup Foods or Hy-Vee, cop some of that Jimmy's dips. Remember, they got the veggie dip and they got the caramel dip and they're both fuego. Um Brandon, your your niece loves the veggie Jimmy dip. Yeah, she she requested it like specifically for her baptism. Uh, she wanted the Jimmy's dips there because that's her favorite type of dip. And I wish I would have done that because last time we recorded was the day before my daughter's baptism and we didn't have time to go to the store. It's it's hard. You got to buy the Jimmy's dips. You have to you have to bring it to the ELCA pastor and go. Can yeah. you can you Martin Lutherize this? And that's like a four day process. Martin Luther eyes. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a thing. Yeah, yeah there's like the ninety five Jimmy's Dips theses yeah. that they post on the wall. <laughs> this is a deep good Bethel <laughs> student joke. Okay, that's Jimmy's Dips. This are the vibes. Uh, sent- this are the vibes. I don't know, dude. My grammar has been horrendous. I don't I don't proofread things from my brain to mouth or my fingers to 
hit tweet anymore. There's grammatical errors everywhere. It makes me sound like an idiot, but it's fine. Real sports journalism is dead. We only care about vibes now. Since we last recorded, these things happened. They lost to the Pelicans. It was frustrating. The Wolves lost to the Pistons. It was maddening. And then a players only meeting ensued. Love when that happens. Then after that, the Nuggets win occurred. It was invigorating. And then there was a Trailblazers W yesterday, which was promising. Um, other things that happened, Torian Prince came back. The Prince who was promised. Uh, and there was some D-Lo social media drama, which we'll talk about. So I asked the question, how are the vibes? Brandon, start us off. I think the vibes are good. Just good. No. Well, I mean, they're not. They've only won two games in a row and like, not even a week ago, <laughs> we were all ready to jump off a bridge. Yeah, it was tough. Um, but so hopefully the Pistons game was was rock bottom for yeah. the season because if it does get lower than the Pistons game, that would be really bad. Um, but right now, I think things are things are look are looking really good. They're they've got like a nice kind of softer part of the schedule here. Um, with this, like they got the two game winning streak now. Uh, they play the Clippers tomorrow. They'll be on the second night of a back to back. Paul George is dealing with like some hamstring stuff right now. Um, and like, who is knows Kawhi if playing? Kawhi is playing tonight. So who knows if he plays the second night of a back to back. So that's setting up really well. And then we have like rockets and then pistons again. Hopefully if they can't get up for the pistons a second time, that would be, that'd be bad. But so that, that being said, I think we're, we're in a position where if they can just kind of like take things seriously, they can be back to 500 by the next time we record. And, and then we're just like, the West is just, kind of a mess right now. Um, this goes back into like the yeah. whole like parody conversation, like how yeah. basketball is really good this year. It's been a lot of yeah. fun to experience, but really frustrating as a Wolves fan. Well, but like even your guy Chilenga posted a picture of the Western Conference standings from like 11 all the way up to like five. And the Timberwolves are the only team that is on a even one game winning streak. Every team above <laughs> them has lost one or more games in a row and they've won two games in a row. So. It's just kind of like they're really like they're more in the mix than I think we think they were. And oh, the, for sure. the Pistons loss really just kind of like sucked the life out of them. But I don't know. They're playing really well right now. My question is, can they maintain the level of urgency that they've played with the last couple of games? Because I think that's really the thing that's plagued this team, you know, the rebounding and the turnovers. But those, I think, all stem from and like the blown leads, they all stem from kind of just a a lack of like, like I said, like desperation, like they kind of, they, they get comfortable yeah. with leads and then they relax and then the floodgates open and they have a tough time shutting them. So if they can kind of, if the Pistons game was the wake up call for them to play with like a sense of urgency for the rest of the season, the talent is there for oh, them yeah. to really like get in and hopefully like I think the anything if they miss the play in that's a disaster but I think they're actually in play for like 5 6 in the west at this point when you just look at the state of like the warriors don't have Steph for like another month uh the suns are in kind of a free fall the jazz have come back to earth the kings are are kind of like falling off so are they sellers are the kings sellers everyone talks about no like way. that that's what I was thinking what the kings imagine before last season, imagine the Wolves being like in play for a playoff 
seed and then they're just like we're gonna sell because we're not gonna win a championship it's like it's been like 18 years like we want to we want to get in because i see folks on twitter like De'Aaron fox like demonte sabonis like let's trade for him like they're gonna definitely give him away for a second round pick it's like i don't know what you're watching bro they're having a hell of a time in sacramento lighting the beam they're kind of they're kind of like the wolves were last year where they're like unexpectedly like they're not terrific but they're fun uh-huh. and they score a lot and they're winning. They're probably going to be above 500. They're probably going to get into. They seem like a play-in team to me, but who knows? Like you said, like everything's really flat right now. So it would be it would be awesome. I like the Kings. What if we run it back to 2004? We get the Kings and the Timberwolves in the semis. We go take it to seven. Brad Miller's there with his little goggles. Who's to say? I like it. Um, in terms of how I am interpreting the vibes. I think the vibes are promising is my word. I think they're promising vibes. We're seeing some good things. Rudy is looking better and better. I know it's shocking to hear me say that. <laughs> I put out a flow chart on Twitter at Tornado Jally. If you're, if you're like, how does, what is, it's just, how does Jordan quantify his love of Rudy? It's quite easy. If the Wolves are losing, I hate him. If they're winning, I might like him. And if his body language is good, I like him. If it's not good, I don't like him. Well, no, so the, the flow chart actually indicates that he could have good body language and the Timberwolves could be losing and you would still hate exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. I I would I hope someday you can amend the flow chart to just be good, bad body language. Like dislike. Maybe. There's also a grammatical error on that as well. It says, does I like Rudy Gobert? <laughs> so whatever. So that's one thing I think it's promising. He's becoming a more natural fit into the team. They're trying to, they're figuring out how to play with Rudy, which has been really fun to see. And in turn, that's kind of unlocked the the ant leap. Um, the ant, uh, the Rudy Gobert screen into the ant three last night was like, that this was is so the dream. Hot. The separation was crazy. As soon as like, I saw like Rudy was a step away from the pick. I'm like, oh shit, that's three screen assist screen assist. <laughs> um, so in the last, uh, I think that's the last 10 games Ant has averaged 29.4 points, 7.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists. And it's 36% from three. There's room to get that three point, but it's just freaking great. And then also Jaden is back from the dead. He's been rebounding very well. He's he looked a little bit clunky. He always looks a little bit clunky coming back from injuries. He always looks, he's just kind of like a, clunky awkward looking like even when he's on he's not like super smooth with like the ball handling or anything yeah he's like always really stiff because he's got like these long arms and he's really skinny but is that is that why we're impressed with his ball handling when he pulls it off because you're just like whoa it looks like he's out of control and then it just ends up working yeah it's just magnificent so i think the vibes are promising and i think this is going to be good for like when cat comes back just kind of ease him in i have a little bit about this later um, but I think it's going to, I think it's going to yield massive benefits, which leads me into the regrettable, uh, reality that I hate to face when it comes to my favorite player. I think I buy into it. I think D'Angelo might be the problem. I thought I, and theoretically, I still stand by like the theoretical hypothetical that it could work, but I just don't know if he's there to really put himself in that position being a, it's a contract year and like stats mm-hmm. dictate the money. So after seeing, you know, D'Lo not play and seeing them play well together and seeing, you know, D'Lo sit in the fourth yesterday and all the social media drama. It's just been, it's just a lot. And I, and I, I, if I was him, I don't know if I'd resign here. I'd, I would like him to, if this was two years ago, I think he would, but now it's a different time. Yeah. And so I do, do we want to do like yeah. the D'Lo social Let's media go into the drama? D'Lo drama. I, can, I wrote, I, did you write, I kind of wrote down. Yeah. So I have, a, I have kind of like a, I have kind of like a theory have, about how like, like what's going on? Is it a timeline the, of the events, or do you want me to yeah, give the timeline? And it's then, not okay. really a well. Yeah, you can give the, you give the timeline of the events, and I'll just kind of say yeah, yeah. what I think is what I think is happening behind the scenes mm-hmm. that is prompting this reaction. Okay, so 
he unfollowed the team on Instagram after the players only team meeting for, uh, during the Pistons loss. And then after that, Cat posted like some sad song on his story. And then Rudy Gobert posted a comic about a snake on his, <laughs> which is great. You'd love to see that from your three max players all in unison within 12 hours. And then, um, and then Ann posted like a thing about him dancing with his dog or something, <laughs> which is great. Uh, then D'Lo then seemingly was separated from the team throughout the Blazers game last night, choosing to stay on the, like stay warm on the bike. Um, this is, I think, Charlie Walton posted this. I don't know who posted this. He always, he's always a guy that's like staying warm on the bike, though. That's true, but he, he's a little bit separated. Yeah. Like it, it seemed a little bit noticeable, but I do, I don't watch D'Lo enough on the bench. You know, I'm watching yeah. the game, uh, and then he, he didn't close out the game as well. So it looks like you know Finch is ready to like pull him out the lineup if he's not hot, mm-hmm. which I think is how it should be. So that's kind of the timeline I was able to put together. Do you want to add some color? Into well, he it? also he also retweeted the Fred Van Vliet that's right. bet on yourself uh, dice thing. And that's the one that I really have pegged um, as mm. like explaining some stuff. You're a big pegging guy, I've heard. <laughs> Not a big pegging guy. Okay, prude. <laughs> Go on. Um, well, anyway, and just to start, I want to emphasize, I don't think D'Angelo Russell is like, bullet like bold the problem i think that is going too far i don't think there's just one problem with the team that's that's the reason they're not a 60 win team i think d'angelo russell is a problem and the easiest problem to fix odd man out type situation yeah it's just there's there's stuff that goes into all the other things that make it a lot more complicated. He's an expiring $30 million player. He's played the worst of the four main guys. <laughs> the Timberwolves big four. What a sense. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, that's that's kind of all of that. Um, my theory uh, with the D'Angelo Russell stuff is I think he's been, I think he had the big hot streak where he was shooting the lights out, you know, 40-ish percent from three. Had the big fourth quarter game against the Jazz, I think it was. Yeah, a couple in that stretch. That was the one where he went like off, off and basically carried him to win. And I think he was, he has been trying to parlay that into an extension. He wants to get long-term money. And I'm guessing, based off of the Fred Van Vliet tweet, because it was, it was bet on yourself. And I think those contract extension talks have kind of stalled out. And I think it's kind of an either or with him where it's they're either going to extend him or they're going to trade him before February 9th. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to let him get to the off season with uh, an expiring contract because of the salary cap implications and stuff like that. My guess is D'Angelo Russell wants long-term security. I think he wants a three, four-year deal, maybe even at a discounted number, but a hundred, excess mm-hmm. of a hundred million dollars. And I think the Timberwolves are viewing an extension of D'Angelo Russell. Like a two-year? As, or I think it's just like the Pat Bev one-year extension. Like kick the can down the road one season, keep him on the books, and then you can trade him like they did with Pat Bev, where he was coming up on an expiring contract and they just extended him for basically the same price for one year into the future. And I think that's what the bet on yourself thing is. D'Angelo Russell is basically saying, I think I can get more than that on the open market. I think someone else will value me more than that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just kind of permeated into like body language doctor over here. The body language (laughs) has been real bad. Um, He had a couple like standout plays going after a few loose balls. But for the most part, I was 
very unimpressed with the engagement level from D'Angelo Russell when he came back after yeah. the Denver game. And I think he just kind of epitomizes a lot of the things that the team doesn't do well. Like just inconsistency? Inconsi- the inconsistency, kind of the the lackadaisical, like lack of engagement, um, the over-comfortability with success, um, the isolation, the bad defense, the inability to rebound and get loose balls. I don't think he's causing all of that, but he doesn't help any mm-hmm. of that. And I think it's just kind of a cascading mentality from a guy that has the ball a lot mm-hmm. where he's dribbling or holding the ball and he's not a real quick decision maker. So it's never like swing to D'Angelo Russell, quick swing to the corner. It's swing to D'Angelo Russell, big, slow pump fake. I'm going to probe, <laughs> dribble, get this guy on my back. And now all of a sudden, everyone's kind of been standing around for five, six seconds. And even if he doesn't take the tough contested two when he kicks it out. Now everyone's just kind of stuck in mud because the whole like vibe and cutting and all that stuff has been disrupted by this cerebral big, yeah. basketball. <laughs> and I, he's just, and he's just been turning the ball over too much. So that's the whole thing. That's so far. Sorry. No, you can. Yeah. You, yeah, you go. go that's ahead. the whole thing. that's so frustrating is that when he does try and do like those effort plays, which you described as fake effort plays on the call yesterday, uh, when he does try hard and when he does make quick decisions, the team looks so good. And, like I don't know how you could see that and be like, "Hey, D'Lo, when you do try," and like I, I called a couple episodes I just ago. I said that uh, the team just looks better when he sprints up and down the court. When he jogs, it's not good. When he's trying hard and giving effort, things look great, but just too inconsistent. The on nights are too inconsistent, and the bad nights are devastating. Yeah, and they just they just railroad like everything. Mm-hmm. It just because then it becomes D'Angelo Russell isolations and then ant fears that if he gets off the ball he's not going to get it back versus when d'angelo russell's off the court you still get the ant isos the dribbles between his leg the step backs but he's way more quick if a double comes to get off of it swing swing around cut Mm -hmm. and that just gets people more engaged and then he gets ant the ball in more advantageous positions so all that to say and that can lead us kind of into what i'm calling like the trade primer yes um so we're about a month away from the trade deadline, a little more than a month. That's on February 9th. We're past the December 15th deadline where everyone who's going to be eligible to be traded can be traded. So I don't think we need to go into targets. Like I don't think yeah. I don't want to spend a bunch of time fantasizing about Fred Van Vliet or yeah. fantasizing about Kyle Lowry because it's really hard to predict who is actually available and like we it's fun to be on the trade machine but it's really very rare for a fan to post a trade machine trade that actually ends up being the trade. Oh that my happens. gosh. Um, future guests on the pod, Dwinell Roland added me to a, uh, like a Facebook, like Timberwolves hollow, like Facebook group and the trade uh, suggestions on there are just unhinged. I'm going to try and pull some up while you lead us through. Okay. This bit. Yeah. So, uh, so for me, it's more about identifying what the team needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, if they make a hypothetical trade, what is the type of player they're probably bringing back? And so like the big needs I see on the team are just high level shooting. Um, they just they don't shoot the ball well enough, uh, consistently enough. So high level shooting, whether that be from a point guard position or just from a role player position, uh, another point of attack defender would be helpful. We put a lot on Austin rivers and Jaden McDaniels from that. Um, Kyle Anderson is really not quick enough to be a, a high-level point of attack defender, even though he's impactful. 
defensively. And some could say he moves in slow motion. Slow mo. I love Kyle Anderson. We'll get into yeah, the Kyle yeah. Anderson thing when we do the role player talk. Uh, and and a ball handler, more of like a true point guard. And that's true whether they trade D'Angelo Russell or not. I think that's something that the team lacks. Uh, so hang on, run it back. So we have three and D guy, true point guard. I mean, not even, guy. not even three and D. Wait, I so, just think shooting. Well, we have that Matt Ryan. Well, Matt Ryan has not shot the ball very well. I do like Matt Ryan, but I think like high level shooting, probably someone who's a capable defender because otherwise you just run the Bryn Forbes risk. Um, point of attack defense. Uh, so they don't have to, they don't have to be as good as Jaden McDaniels, but another guy as good as Austin Rivers. Mm-hmm. Point of attack defense. That'd be that such a just, huge help. That can just like, when the Jaden McDaniels foul trouble happens, and Austin Rivers is forced onto the best matchup. So say we're playing Portland again. Mm-hmm. Jaden McDaniels gets into foul trouble. Now Austin Rivers is forced to guard Damian Lillard. Do you have someone who can guard Anthony Simons? Well, Ant would. Well, yeah, but then you're That's forcing... That's a marquee matchup for him, so it, he's going to try that game. I, I, the, but the point is, like, they're just, just another guy to throw yeah. into that mix. And then the last one is more of a true point guard, a ball handler, someone in more of the Jordan McLaughlin mold, or if they're trading D'Angelo Russell, more of a high level, that's your like Mike Conley, like veteran point guard. But but more of a a point guard who's going to get after it, go after loose balls. An actual point guard, not like the a combo guard. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Something that I think the team is lacking. It's being really been really exposed without Jordan McLaughlin. But even when Jordan McLaughlin comes back, it's just a nice kind of ace in the hole to mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Um so who who what's who are the guys that could be traded and, and what are their what's their value? Yeah. So so first off, the guys who are not going to get traded, Carl uh, Anthony Towns literally cannot be traded by rule until the offseason. It so, baffles me how people are like, we got to trade Cat right now. It's like, are you an idiot? It just we very well might trade Cat in the offseason. We have no idea how this season's going to go, how the roster, like what the plan for the roster is. Uh-huh. We got to stop talking about it right now because it's not allowed. We can't do it. So it's a stupid waste of time. It's like, so once they sign a max, right? They can't trade him until once. Yeah, yeah. Once you sign it, like next year when Ant signs his rookie scale extension, he won't be eligible to be traded until the next offseason mm-hmm. when the extension kicks And Ant in. can't walk away from that, right? I mean, he can. No. Literally no one in NBA history has ever turned the, down. Because the, the, the scale, it's more advantageous for the player you financially. Make way mo- you yeah. make way more money doing it. It's... It's so much money that you would have to leave on the table. It would just be an absurd risk because in a hypothetical world where Anthony Edwards hated it here, mm-hmm. he could just take the money and like strong arm his way out with a trade or something. Mm-hmm. It's no one just better for the franchise. No one ever turns that money down. Yeah. So okay. I, we're not at that risk. So Ant also not going anywhere. Rudy isn't going anywhere. And Jaden McDaniels, I don't think is going anywhere. Um, Are you sure? He's like the most valuable piece. He's the most valuable piece. The problem with trading Jaden McDaniels is so the Rudy Gobert trade, they've got five first round picks invested in him. They kind of traded like two of those first round picks for Jaden McDaniels by refusing to include him in the Rudy Gobert trade. They just, they value him way more highly than I think the rest of the league would. And I think that's fair. I think he does a lot of things that this team desperately needs. He would expose a lot of holes and I would hate for them because they have no draft picks to part with a guy like Jaden McDaniels to try to introduce. Cause the only way you're trading him is if you're introducing more star power to the team. I don't we think don't that's need, what they need. We don't need any more star power. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think we're at the point now where we're fixing things on the margins mm-hmm. and I don't think Jaden is a guy you trade for someone 
to fix things on the margins. Um, so those are like the four guys that I think are not getting traded, at least not this, uh, this trade deadline. Um, so the, the most likely guys to get traded, um, number one is D'Angelo Russell. Sad. Uh, for that's the obvious one. I think he is with a bullet, the most likely player to get traded. If they Do you make think it's a, a surefire trade. thing, I kind of think it is at this point. I still see a world where they could give him a one-year extension and kick the can down the road. I do not see a world where they don't trade him and they don't extend him. Um, I think it's a one or the other thing, but I I would handicap it at 80% he gets traded. I don't Stats know. Stats guy over here. Like, I'm just throwing a number out there. Um, I think he has marginally positive value as bad as he's been this year. Uh, because of the nature of expiring $30 million contract. Um, but I think people are being a little optimistic with the trade targets that are being thrown around yeah. for D'Angelo Russell. I think people are like, let's do this, this, and this, and we can get Zach Levine, or we can do this, this, and this, we can get Fred Van Bleet. I think people need to temper expectations. I think the Van Vliet one's kind of realistic. Zach Levine's not realistic at all. Well, I, so, but Fred Van Vliet, you have to ask yourself, if Fred Van Vliet became available via trade, mm -hmm. why would the Toronto Raptors take back D'Angelo Russell and no picks? Why was there not another team in the NBA willing to give up a first round pick for Fred Van Vliet? They didn't ask. <laughs> that's why. I, so that that's where... I, I think we have to look at the D'Angelo tr Russell trade value as more of a team's ticket off of bad money. Mm -hmm. So, so this is the Evan Fournier Knicks are only option situation. Well, yeah, it's basically it's basically. I don't think they're going to trade for Evan Fournier because that contract is bad, bad. Mm -hmm. That contract goes like four more years. It's like Rudy Gobert bad. I think that it's more it's more looking at guys who are who have money going into next year or maybe even the year after and possibly getting an asset back in return. So like if you're taking Evan Fournier back, maybe it's you're getting a manual quickly and a pick mm -hmm. or something as like, this is the Knicks ticket off this terrible money. Um, But so I, I don't want to get in, like I said, too. Yeah, yeah. But, but we're looking at the D'Angelo Russell thing as more of, I think, either trading it for an equal equally large contract that goes further into the future mm -hmm. or like splitting it up into two smaller contracts, kind of what the Mavericks did with Chris Tapp's Porzingis mm -hmm. where they traded him and they got Who they Davis get? Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie. I would love that because Bertans and Dinwiddie are Bert Bertans is terrible. Is Bertans terrible? I feel like he's always been he, a thorn in the Timberwolves side. Uh, I don't watch my. Watch. He shoots. He he shoots it really well, especially against the Timberwolves. But he can't guard anybody. He's one of those guys like I don't watch Mavs basketball that much, even though I should. My family is in Dallas and they have Luca, so I should. They should be like a league pass crush. I just don't make my way over there. So whenever I see Bertans, I go, this guy kind of fuck. <laughs> Did you know he only has three fingers on his shooting hand? That's why. <laughs> um, he should play for the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? No, he didn't. Used to play for them. Anyway. Really, um, Berton's blows. He can't guard anybody. He's like the worst defender in the NBA. <laughs> what about Bryn Forbes? Yeah, I mean, Berton's is bigger than. Bryn I feel Forbes. so embarrassed. I said that, and just after watching Wolves games, having no opinion on him, <laughs> be like, actually, that's not true at all. I would, I would not trade D'Angelo Russell for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Berton. But Spencer's good. I'm not a big Spencer Dinwiddie guy either. But isn't he the crypto guy? Didn't he have like his big, own coin? He's big crypto guy. Is that why? 
his con no his contract goes a while into the future and once and again it's in crypto too <laughs> i don't think he's i don't think that's the type of guy they need i don't think he fills any of those needs we laid out he's um, a cool goatee you think about that he's a lot like d'angelo russell in that he's like a fancies himself a combo guard and <sighs> you're right i just i want someone who guards or someone who handles the ball and makes quick decisions so that's kind of the d'angelo russell what about the glove like gary payton is he available I think he's a free agent. Uh, I think he's also like 50. I don't care. What about Terrell Owens? He wants to come back to the NFL. He's got to be in shape. Uh, we could get Gary Payton's son. He plays for I Portland. wish we did. That'd be amazing. Yeah. He didn't. He was hurt last night. You know, like my T.O. joke? That was a topical we, joke. He's working out to try and get back in the NFL. Isn't he like 50? Yes. <laughs> okay. He's in like the Arena Football League right now. And everyone's like, goes to see him. He's making ridiculous catches. Whatever. D'Lo is a trade guy. Nas is reg regrettably a tra uh, trade guy. Yes. So, and I think Nas, um, based off of how he's played for the last couple of weeks and just the steady growth we've seen over his career, I think he is the most valuable asset we have that is likely to get traded. Like, obviously, Ant yeah. is the most valuable trade asset they have. But Nas, um, he would have to be paired, though, with a larger contract in all likelihood He's to too bring, good of a deal to bring any value back. And actually, yeah. um, because you're looking at, if you're trading Nas Reed, you're looking at guys who are making less than $2 million unless you're pairing him with another contract. And that's kind of another thing about the makeup of the Timberwolves salaries by having like the really big contracts of Rigo Bear and Carl Anthony Towns is they don't have a lot of, salary fluff to make salary math work, which mm -hmm. will get me to the, which gets me to two other guys mm -hmm. who are trade candidates, both of whom I would hate to see go. It'd be but very sad. Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince both uh, fit into like the salary math thing. I mean, do you guys really think that we're going to move TP or Kyle Anderson? It seems like those guys are so important to the roster makeup right now. They're important role players and um, also just like super good locker room guys and high effort guys. Oh, Durf, you're kind of quiet there for a little bit. That's a yeah, great point. It's, a, it's quite a take there, Durf. Your voice sounds really bad though. Don't you're clear. You're definitely here in studio yes. with us. Um, but so just, just keep your distance. Yeah. Keep your distance. Maybe, you know, be efficient with when you talk, yeah. pick your spots. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so I, I hope not. Uh, that would suck. I, I think the problem, the, where you run into problems with trading those guys is, you're likely trading those guys for role players that probably these guys fill a lot of the roles that I think we need on this team. Mm -hmm. um, Torian Prince from uh point of attack defense and three point shooting perspective and Kyle Anderson, just from a, a lead ball handling perspective, actually he's probably the closest thing to an actual point guard it's so weird. that they have on the team right now. Um, so I don't think those guys would be shopped by any means. But if you're wanting to bring in a Jay Crowder, someone of that ilk, those guys would just be a casualty of salary cap math. Those are the only guys think, making I don't ten think Jay million dollars. Is the type of guy we need. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't trade either. Like we, of these we guys. definitely need TP and Kyle Anderson more than we need Crowder. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't redundant. trade either of these guys for Jay Crowder either. I'm just saying if you yeah. are, if you're trade, if you're trying to trade Nas Reed and get value back, and you want a guy making ten million dollars in return. Torian Prince or Kyle Anderson has to be in the deal. I don't think that it's an over-exaggeration when I say that Torian Prince saved this season for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
I mean, that's a little bit hot, Durf. Well, yeah, yeah but I, mean, I, I but I do I, love Tori and Prince. He is great. I'll, have I told you my he looks like Prince Charming theory? You have not. Oh, his face is just so chiseled. <laughs> like, it's like a really buff face. And it reminds me of Prince Charming from Shrek 2. Torian Prince Charming. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, just to wrap it all up, I think D'Lo and Nas like the most likely. Yeah. And Jalen Noel, too, although I think he's kind of played his way out of being a significant trade piece, yeah. which is tough because he's not. He, he's similar to Nas. He doesn't do a lot for salary cap math. Was he like 1.8 mil? Yeah, he's on like the same contract as Nas. So he doesn't bring a lot of value from a math perspective. And he's kind of disproven the theory going into this season that you could bump up his volume and he would continue to be as efficient yeah. as he was. And the defense is especially it's, bad. As bad as the D'Angelo Russell defense is, the Jalen Noel defense is like a special level of bad. We just, it goes back to your whole thing. We just need one more defending guard. Yeah. You know, and I think the Nas trade though, it would suck. One, if he does get traded, I hope he goes to a place that succeeds and has sweet jerseys because we're all buying one. Well, yeah. And it's like I said, I said on the show last week, Nas Reed getting traded. If it brings back significant value for the Timberwolves, um, an idea that was floated out on Dane Moore's pod was Nas Reed for Aaron Neesmith, one for one with the Indiana Pacers. Aaron Neesmith fills that point of attack, point of attack defense role and the shooting need. And then if we get, if Aaron Neesmith is awesome for the Timberwolves, we don't need Nas Reed to suck for the trade to be good. And we can like Nas Reed yeah. and we can, it can be awesome to watch Nas Reed go out and thrive in a bigger role somewhere that he's just never going to have. He's like a borderline starter on some teams, right? Yeah. I, I, I think borderline is probably a good way to put it. Yeah. I think he is, he has clearly shown that he is an NBA rotational player. Yeah. Um, and he can cook certain matchups. He yeah. also can get cooked by, mm -hmm. by bigger centers. Like, Okay, Nas Reed is a starting center. Um, that team's going to lose to the Philadelphia 76ers because Joel Embiid is going to kill him. Oh, he's going to flop his way into 50 points. Yeah. Well, and Nas Reed, prolific fouler. <laughs> and like the whole, like the Nas trade does get a little bit. Um, I don't like to see it because I, I just love seeing a guy. It's a very Minnesota sports fan. Be like, hey, look at that guy grow and look at him be awesome. It's kind of like the Joe Mauer effect, but with Nas Reed. <laughs> And also not a prolific star because of like the rise of Nate Knight and Luca Garza has been just looking really yeah. good. That footwork is, dude, we're trading away one footwork center for another <laughs> one. Like, let's go. Um, yeah, they've, uh, Nate Knight and especially Luca Garza has really been just crushing it. Durf, your thoughts? I think it's important to um, consider Luca Garza and the impact that he has on the future of this team. Oh. And, um, the fact that he is ultimately going to save us from poverty. Oh, wow. Sociopolitical. Save us from poverty, even though he he put Durf into poverty when he sold all his <laughs> Lucas stock right before it went back up and then he bought it all back. What do you make of uh what do you make of the Luca Garza explosion last? Not the explosion, but like he kept us in like, you know, in the second quarters when he's getting some minutes. Like he was playing some solid defense on the Nuggets. I was I was there courtside watching it. Uh yeah, he was playing good D and was great on offense. So I'm the the Luca Garza theory has always been, um, can he be enough of a force offensively to outweigh the kind of defensive 
liabilities that he has. Um, I think he does. I think the Nuggets did kind of a weird job picking on him in pick and roll. There was like, as great as Jokic is, there was a lot of Jokic post-ups on Garza, which is like the one thing I'm confident in his ability to hold up in. He would just go like that. He would just go straight up right away to make sure he wouldn't foul. It just seemed weird to me that they weren't just like, okay, here's a Jokic-Murray pick and roll. Like, good luck, Luka Garza. (laughs) But the... Whether he's he's never going to be in a plus defender, but he's no showing attitude. he's showing lately that he is a good enough offensive player that he can be part of just like a second unit that turns it into a track meet for six to eight minutes a half, which is all we need from him. Yeah, and what he, was it? Was it was it the was it the Blazers game or the Nuggets game where he backed down someone from the arc? That was the, that was the Nuggets <laughs> game. It was like it was NBA Live 2007 type behavior, just just ramming him down. He's just, but he's he's so big, he's so strong, and if he starts knocking down open shots, which he's he's capable of, um, there's a role for him. I'm probably not when. If they don't trade Nas Reed and Carl Anthony Towns gets healthy, they're not going to play four centers. Well, who's to say? If they run as fast as you say they can for six to eight minutes. But I think he is. I I have been super impressed. And they probably don't win at least one of those two games without the positive impact that Luka Garza had. And What a just, sentence after like two episodes ago. And it's just the fact that he's he has played really hard. We um, just need effort. Which is... Kind of an infectious thing. Same thing with Nate Knight. Kind of just the infectious effort of those role players who are really... Those guys are always going to bring it because those guys are fighting for their life. As much as we like to say D'Angelo Russell's in a contract year. Like, D'Angelo Russell is making $30 million this year. If he, if somehow after this season, nobody wanted D'Angelo Russell on their, their team, he would retire... And be wealthy the rest of his yeah, life. he's fine. Versus like Nate Knight and Luca Garza. Those guys are fighting to stay in the NBA. And it kind of shows up on the court. Which I think transfers nicely into... Uh, you have some you have some stats on the role players lately who have we been playing o- really well. We went over all the ones I wanted to highlight. Torian's great. Kyle Anderson. Luca Garza. And then Austin Rivers we handled last week. But I think the one thing that we should talk about... Um, is like, what does the rotation look like once everyone's healthy? Um, so we're a long ways off from that still. Because because J-Mag and Cat, there's no timetable. Yeah, the thing... I heard February for Cat. The thing they always... The thing they always like to say in, like, baseball, when teams are like, what are we going to do with all this starting pitching when everyone gets healthy, is... Eight-man rotation. You kind of just have to address it when it happens, because in all likelihood, it's probably not going to happen. As I don't want to project out injuries, but the odds that a month and a half from now, when Jordan McLaughlin and Carl Anthony Towns are back and healthy, that the entire rest of the team will still be healthy is unlikely. The odds, if Cat's not coming back till February, that's after the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. So there's a chance Nas Reed isn't even on the team anymore by that point. Um, I do think, though, uh, it's in, it's pretty obvious, and we we predicted this in the preseason too. Um, Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson are in the rotation. 
There's are um, they are they six and seven even with J Mac? No, J Mac probably has to be the first one in. I mean, it I, first one in is just depends on how you want to like what yeah, lineups you want to get to. So Kyle hard, Anderson yeah. is going to be is going to get starters level minutes mm-hmm. uh, coming off the bench. You know what I mean? He yeah. will play between. 25 and 30 plus minutes a night. How come our NBA players don't embrace that role? Just minutes over starting? There's a status thing. Yeah, but like, what if like, what if like Rudy or D'Lo came off the bench? What if Rudy and D'Lo came off the bench? We send those two in versus second units and D'Lo will be 25 points a game off, well, you know. It's hard to though with like contract negotiations, it, like selling yourself as a sixth man. It's, it's just, it's different. And some guys like D'Angelo Russell has started his entire yeah. life. Um, and it's it's different preparing for games to come off the bench. It's just it's just a status thing, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I'd agree. It just kind of it, it's it rings hollow when it could be like a winning strategy to me. Yeah. So, but I also think Austin Rivers has probably earned the right to continue to play. I don't think Austin Rivers twenty five minutes a night has to happen. But when everyone's 10? healthy, if he's looking at like fifteen to eighteen minutes if a we night, get fifteen to eighteen a night from Austin when everyone's healthy, that's Good. That's like really if, nice. If you're looking at starting lineup, say no one gets traded. Starting lineup, obviously, D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. Ant, Jaden, Cat, Rudy. That's the easy one. Everyone's healthy. Jordan McLaughlin, Torian Prince, Kyle Anderson, uh, Austin Rivers, Nas, Nas Reed. Reed. Yep. And so there are some odd men out there. Like we love Luca Garza. He's on a two-way contract, though. So keep him hot. Yeah. Keep him hot. Nate Knight is kind of a bit player when you need energy. Bryn Forbes can get very good at cheering. <laughs> Matt, I like Matt Ryan again. Another yeah. grinder player. Maybe that's like a circumstantial. Like also, three. Yeah, yeah, bit player. Um, foul trouble. You need a little bit of energy. I've been impressed with Matt Ryan's ability to hold up on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, just because he's he's so big that he just disrupts things more than like a Bryn Forbes or something does. It's just an effort thing too. I think he covers up for his shortcomings just by playing hard. Yeah. The guy missing from that is Jalen Noel, who barring some sort of resurgence, um, I think has played his way out of a fully healthy rotation. It's just really hard to see him warranting minutes when everyone's healthy. Because the thing he does for the team right now, even though he's not doing it very well, is provide some creation off the bench. But when you're fully constituted, fully healthy... That becomes less important when the second unit has Jordan McLaughlin, Kyle Anderson, and Nas Reed, all guys that can create shots for themselves or others. Um, You need that Jalen Noel isolation mismatch attacking a little bit less. Mm -hmm. Um, But who knows? Who does know? Um, I think that's it for our our first part of the segment. I think so, too. I think it's time to talk about Joe Mama Salsa, probably. I think so. Joe Mama Salsa. What's there to say about it? Rivers Falls, Wisconsin. Locally. Rivers so- Falls. Austin Rivers Falls. Did I make another typo with my mouth? <laughs> River Falls, Wisconsin. Locally owned company. Locally sourced ingredients. You can get yours at Hy-Vee, Cub Foods, or JoeMamasSalsa.com. Again, I'm just really impressed by the consistency. It's not like some nasty salsa. It just, it actually... It's like when you go to like a Mexican restaurant and it's like, oh, this is real salsa. It actually tastes like that, which you can't find in the jar unless it's from Joe Mama's. So they got the pineapple mango, my favorite, the roasted garlic, and then like the smoking hot mama, which do we do a bit? Oh, no, we have a bit coming up based around the smoking hot mama. Yeah, we want 
want everyone in studio like we have yes. right now. 100%. Um, for the Smoke It Hot Mama sponsored bit. They don't even know they're sponsoring it. That's how good, we call it added value in the biz for Joe Mama Salsa. Um, the first day I had Joe Mama Salsa, I went to to the, the head of Pull Tap Sports, John King, and he gave me some jars. I ate 75% of it within the first day. My wife got mad. And then I've been kind of holding off on the Joe Mamas, trying to like ration myself as I as I buy and consume it. So I got in marriage trouble over Joe Mamas, and it's worth it as well. So yeah, hy V Cup Foods or Joe Mamas, salsa.com. It is a new year, Brandon. Which means New, New Year's year? resolutions. Same me. Well, that's fine. If you're comfortable with yourself, I don't... Th- well, I think it's quite stagnant. I Actually, I reject it. You should always try and evolve and grow. What if you're perfect? Well, then uh, you're not expressing enough gratitude in your life if, you're, if you think you're perfect. I don't know what that means. I tried to be deep and it came <laughs> off as fake deep. But whatever. We've come up with some New Year's resolutions for our beloved Timberwolves. We have two for the team and then one for the fan base each. Including our in-studio Durf. Oh, I don't have one for the fan base. I just oh, did three. That's fine. They're all they're all one of them loose, like not player based. Mm. Let's save that one for the end. Um, I'm gonna go first with mine. Yeah, and we have some uh, we have some listener submitted ones. We that do we'll read on air too. Um, so my first New Year's resolution is for Carl Anthony Towns. His resolution is to stop doing so much. To no fault of his own, cat just does too much right for eight seasons he, he's been tasked with keeping Timberwolves fans from witnessing Owen 82 seasons and for one of those two seasons he wasn't alone in that mission he's getting yelled at mercilessly by Jimmy Butler so it's been a stressful eight years for Cat and while this is happening we're all witnessing the rise of Anthony Edwards he's making the leap it's happening it's undeniable at this point unless you're like the jackass Zach Lowe that wants to disprove <laughs> it by any means necessary what a fucking idiot <laughs> and uh, with with the rise of Anthony Edwards it's time for Cat to one fully admit that we're in a guards league and it's two it's time for cat to recognize his habit to do everything it's just it's no longer needed he finally has a partner in crime that works really well with his game in anthony edwards it's time for cat to do less maybe we do have plays where like finch says we park him in the corner or run less for him and this is beneficial for three reasons number one it'll expedite ants growth as the team's leader and encore performer two it allows cat to do more with less the whole premise of this resolution which means more three point, more three pointers, more pump and drives, and just more efficient behavior, doing those things more efficiently, where he doesn't need to do it every drive, or not every drive, every possession. And I think that might even lead to to less offensive fouls if he's not having to do that all the time. And then having Ant take the offensive lead over Cat spaces out the floor, thus fitting in more harmoniously with how Rudy Gobert um, operates. And I think it would hopefully continue the trend of Rudy's integration. So it sounds weird to say, hey, best player on the team, you be the number two. But I think that just fits well with modern basketball and with the strength of the team. We all know that Cat's at his best when he's authentically him, right? Um, Carlton Towns is a nice guy who is kind of weird and likes to stream on Twitch. Those are your words from our first episode. He isn't Jimmy Butler. He isn't Pat Bev. His attempts to try and be that type of badass leader. Very performative at times. It's very performative. And so by stepping aside to do less and let Ant be the true leader, which his personality is, is more akin to, it allows Cat to just be, yet again, who he is, a weird, nice guy who is possibly the best big man shooter in NBA history. What a title to have. Yeah, and I I kind of, when you said Cat do less, I didn't even really interpret it as... Like a bad thing. I didn't even really interpret it as like literally doing less on the court. It's more to me, like, put less pressure on yourself mm-hmm. because I think sometimes the the emotional outbursts on the court and like the frustration fouls and the 
kind of like boiling over of frustration when he's not getting calls and then he commits stupid fouls is from like this over heightened sense of pressure he feels to like carry the team Yeah. versus now like Ant can take the reins a little bit, give a little bit to Rudy and you'll just like, you'll be a more at peace, more relaxed. Like, and when you, when you put it like that, it makes me think about like for six, seven years, like we're like, Hey, here's a fan base and team that's seen nothing but pain. It's on you. Imagine what that does to a person. Oh yeah. So part of like a part of like cat supermax for me, it's like, Hey, thank you. We have an asset for you. Um, thanks for shepherding the team from hell into competence, net, competence, possibly even net positive area. And what we expect from you with this money is to help this new guy be your partner, maybe even help him lead and like help save the friend. Like you say, like cats save the franchise. Oh yeah. So like you saved the thing. Now we have this guy to help you grow with. Please shape him and help him be you know, you guys can do this together, which is kind of weird. Like it could be like a mentor mentee thing, but the mentees like got the sauce just because of how like modern basketball works. So I think it could be a really beautiful thing if Carl can recognize that. Yeah. I've also enjoyed, obviously I enjoy Carl Anthony Towns on the floor Mm -hmm. more than anything. I've kind of enjoyed watching him a little more behind the scenes, not being like the front vocal mouthpiece of the team, but like you watch him on the bench and he's really engaged and mm-hmm. cheering for his teammates, but also like on social media, he's really quick to be like, Ant is the one like, or TP's back. Like we love this guy. Uh-huh. And I think that's really cool. That's too. good leadership. Yeah. It doesn't need to be like, not the performative yeah. and not like the performative post game press conference. Like we got to toughen up and do this, this, and this just like be yourself. And you're just kind of this weird, he's goofy a, guy. He's a nice guy. Just yeah. be a nice guy. I saw him on a switch stream where he was like, Thanks for voting for me for the All-Star game. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Rudy Gobert, go vote for them. Like, that's great. Just yeah. like, he's he's always quick to, we've talked about this too, he's quick to give it up to his teammates mm-hmm. for better or for worse, like when we want him to shoot more. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, so like, we do want him to shoot more. We want to just be more efficient and just to, you know, just to yeah. chill out cat and like, it'll lessen the fouls. It's just, I think it's just a good bit. Um, which is weird to say, because Cat like is ostensibly entering his prime. Right? So. Yeah. But I think he is. Think he he's could function than, really well off yeah. the ball. I don't know. I think that that was a very, very good New Year's resolution. I'm very Kat. passionate about that because I want I want Cat to be a lifelong wolf. I because I, I, I like to see people get like reap the rewards of their work. But we'll mm-hmm. see. What's your uh, first New Year's resolution? Also, uh, get well soon, Cat. Get well we soon. Want Kat. you back. Poor. Okay, hang on. Poor Jake Scraps getting <laughs> roped into. <laughs> if you missed this. Jake Scraps, future guest on the show, Jake Scraps tweeted, I will shovel the driveway of any Timberwolf that's on the injured reserve on, on injury list right now. And then Kat replied, bet. <laughs> so, and then pull up to the game wearing the small ball is, is or uh, yeah, small ball is dead. And Kat, the original, ha ha he he, Jake Scraps. What a guy. I, I, I don't know. It's just not to be my cat love fest, but like he's buying a fan's bootleg merch and rocking it on. <laughs> Like, I, 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 that's why I don't get like people hating on him on social media. It's like this guy is everything you'd want. Like a, a he's, fun, he's, he's a fun great. Guy. He's great. All right, sorry. Now, All now right. you're first. My first one. Yeah. My first New Year's resolution is for Kyle Anderson, <gasps> and it is to continue to be yourself. Don't ever let anyone tell you to change, because you are perfect in every way imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> he's freaking amazing. Um, just smart basketball. I am a proud practicing slow-mo sexual. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I love watching that guy play basketball. He is tremendous. Is he the definition of the cerebral basketball people think D'Angelo Russell's doing? Exactly. And that's the thing. It's not just that D'Angelo Russell is moving slow because Kyle Anderson is literally moving slower than anyone else in the NBA history has ever moved. It's wild. He's just got that old man game. I. It's amazing to me how he's just able to get to the rim moving slower than anyone has ever walked. He's got to be doing some crazy eye movement that we can't he's, see. He's just got those like long, he's got those deceptively long arms. And like I said, just don't change Kyle Anderson. Continue to be you. I love it. Um, my wife, I, I didn't know this either. Michael Grady, one of the first games Kyle Anderson played, was like, he gave himself the nickname Slow-Mo and Allie <laughs> cannot get over it. And I didn't know that either. So like, wait, he gave himself that nickname? He's amazing. He's kind of a weirdo. Uh, did you know he was teammates with Zach Levine in college? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, they are both teammates at UCLA. What a yin and yang that is. <laughs> I got to reunite. I'm running back. Sidebar. If we could get Zach Levine back, would you want him? With no D'Lo? D'Lo for Zach Levine, would you do it? If he just straight up, I don't know. Yes. Straight up, I guess you're right. Um, but I is that redundant? I don't think Zach Levine is the type of player that it's they more need. star power. Yeah, it's more star power. It's more guys that are really bad point of attack defenders and ball dominant. Um, I love Zach Levine though. Would love to bring the dunk contest trophy home to Minnesota. But also, if you're just trading D'Angelo Russell one for one for Zach Levine, you've just like multiplied your asset by like five. That's true. So for me, I just, that was a far more pragmatic question than I wanted it to be. Oh, remember Durfson Studio? Oh yeah, Durfson oh, Studio. Durf I see him sitting right over there. There he is. What do you got, sir? Um, my first New Year's resolution is on behalf of Rudy Gobert. Oh. One Rudy Gobert. Um, and it is to dunk every time I touch the basketball in the cylinder um, because it's a high percentage shot and I don't do it enough. Also to be less transphobic. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> I like that that was the sidebar. Yeah. Plus addendum 1B to my news resolution. Less transphobia is great. Um, Rudy's been dunking more recently. Yeah. I think he's got a jump start on that. We, yeah, we've been talking about this. I, I think we're oversimplifying how easy it is for Rudy Gobert to dunk, but Yes, I, I think it's just more about playing with more force. That's the term Finch uses a lot, mm -hmm. is just trying to be really impactful, like kind of make the other team fear you. And it's worth two points either way if you throw like a fancy Euro step layup or if you dunk. But if you the dunk- The one Rudy layup, the one Rudy yeah. Euro, that was <laughs> nuts. The Rudy Euros are ugly. <laughs> like, for the way to the Euro and got stopped and just like <laughs> threw it like a chest pass and went in. <laughs> the most bagless move of all time. But, but there's also just the added value of you throw down like a thunderous dunk. He's a thunderous dunk, man. It like demoralizes the other team. It gets the crowd into it. And it's just mm -hmm. a way to kind of- like kind of get yourself, get the fans involved and get the fans to like you a little bit more. It's been working for me. He's been dunking more. I'm just like, hey, this guy might be okay. There you go. But like, but like I think uh, that's a product of the offense is working more smoothly for him, which mm -hmm. we are seeing. Uh, yeah, the ball, better ball movement positively impacts Jaden McDaniels, positively, impa positively impacts it impacts every, it's, It just it positively impacts Positively everything. impacts role players in general. Mm -hmm. Like the only people that really thrive without a lot of ball movement are guys that are really good in isolation. So Luca and Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady. 
and LeBron James, even though he actually facilitates a lot of ball movement. Did you see that video where it's Pat Bev on the fast break? He throws a lob like nine <laughs> feet in the air. Everyone's it was like, Pat amazing. Bev, Pat Bev, you idiot. I'm like, he just believes and he thinks he's playing with Miami Heat, LeBron. Um, All right. My second year's resolution is for Chris Finch. Ooh. Ooh. Um, his is it play the guys who play hard? It is. <laughs> His new resolution is to uh, for evolve, kind of, basically, yes. It's to be a bit more quick-triggered in his decision-making. What do I mean by this? Sometimes the team is hemorrhaging points, and he doesn't call a timeout to realign. He lets them figure it out, which I respect from like a like a fundamental level. Like, yep, help them. You know, maybe they'll figure it out. It's been two years, and they haven't really figured it out when you let them do that. And they lost a playoff series by not figuring it out. So just call the timeout and do your thing. They don't figure it out by themselves. And then sometimes the lineups at the end of the game are just confounding. I don't understand. I think sometimes he's bound by the sheer salary numbers. There are rumors that he's been given the green light to just play whoever's hot, which is what it should be. So I like to see Finch close with the guys who are hot in that moment as opposed to feeling obligated to play the max players, which we've seen, again, with mm-hmm. D'Angelo in the play, play, uh, the playoffs and yesterday. Um, you know, if it's not happening for Rudy that night, that's happened. I have a hard time seeing a world where Ant or Cat are – like not ending games, yeah. but like Rudy and D'Lo might need to like sometimes figure it out. Sometimes though, the closing lineup stuff um is a little oversimplified by people. Like play the guys that are hot. The rotation is kind of like working itself out throughout the game. That's true. So like let's just say Jalen Noel is having a great game. Um, but Jalen Noel's rotation has been planned out he has to rest at some point. Yeah. So Jalen Noel plays like the second half of the third quarter and is like cooking for the first half of the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. But now all of a sudden he's played 12 straight minutes and there's six minutes it's to a go. tight game where he's sprinting, where yeah. he's a sprint heavy so, player. Yeah. So it's a little harder than that, I think, to just be like, play the guys who are hot. But I do agree. And I, it's like more quick triggered, but I also think the sample size has now grown so it's even less about being quick triggered and it's now it's just using the information you have because at the beginning of the Ooh, season, that's a bar at the beginning of the season. It was like, everyone just wanted all these like knee jerk reactions, but it's like, we have a plan. We want this plan to play out. Now we have enough of a sample to be like some of the things, some of the parts of this plan don't work. Austin rivers at the beginning of the year, wasn't in the plan. Now he is in the plan because he's been so good. Um, so that stuff kind of works itself out. And I like, to a degree, I don't want him to just be knee-jerk reaction. Ant's having a bad game. He's not playing the fourth quarter because we've seen like that be able to turn on a dime. Um, it's more about just being, like you said, a little more proactive about, a little more reactive, I guess, to mm-hmm. what is going on. Um, the timeouts thing, I think, is a little overblown. Everyone... Everyone wants it a billion times. Yeah, but everyone got mad at him when he did call the timeout when? that one time when they were at, when they had the fast break because a guy fell over. Oh, uh, I think I. It think, just seems to happen more often than not where it's like you let him go a little bit too long. I I think sometimes though that's just hindsight bias because yeah. if he lets more, them play because sometimes the coaches let guy teams play through it and they get themselves through it. So the Wolves have never done that in two different rosters. <laughs> they have not been able to play through it. I so yeah, but I. I think coach timeout usage is a little overblown into how impactful it can be. Yeah. Um, the thing I would like to see that I think falls a little more on Chris Finch, but also a little more on the players is 
be a little more prepared coming out of halftime. It is a uh, yeah. Uh, is that like, one of your New Year's resolutions? It is not. Oh, that's good. That would have been a good one though. Uh, I think it might be one of the. We have a tendency of like overlooking the obvious things sometimes. Yeah, and that was definitely an obvious one. What's your number okay. two? My number two. My number two New Year's resolution is for D'Angelo Russell. Oh God. It should. You would think it would be an easy one, but he has shown that it is something he struggles with very much. I want D'Angelo Russell to get one loose ball. He does it all the time. In 2023. I just want him to get he, a loose ball. He already did that. He, he, did, does, he did it yesterday. He got one. Yeah, he did get one. Okay, get a second loose okay. ball. Um, I Like we said earlier in the show, I think he just kind of epitomizes a lot of the pitfalls of this team. So like the long rebounding and stuff, the D'Angelo Russell box outs are oftentimes a lot more performative than they are actual box outs. I can, I, there are a lot of like fake D'Angelo Russell box out clips where he's like in the box out spot, but he's not actually moving. And then he doesn't jump and the guy behind him just gets the rebound. So this is more of a, like, while you're here, if you're going to be here, be a dirty work guy. Don't be performative hustle, be real hustle. So that's get loose balls, box out, get off the ball quick. Like a lot of the stuff you're he's not really that good at, but it's more, but like I, I, I said, he can be good at it. He just doesn't do it enough. We see him do it and we win. It's just, he's just got, he's got a lot of bad habits built up, but yeah. the big thing for me, get a loose ball, whether that be uh, getting steals, whether that be getting long rebounds, just be in the mix mm-hmm. and come out with it. I love it. I love it. Uh, in studio Durf, what do you got? Yeah, how you doing oh, over there? Oh, resolution. sorry. Oh, I, we kind of talked over you a little bit. Do you mind restarting? Thanks, Durf. Uh, my second New Year's resolution is on behalf of Bryn Forbes. Oh. I, as Bryn Forbes, will not be stepping on the basketball court again for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Regardless of roster status, I am not good at the game of basketball. Oh. And it doesn't matter what the numbers say from prior teams. I'm not good, so I'm not going to waste shots for you guys. I... I think that's a pretty good resolution. I endorse his take. I think that's sad because he's hot. I think if Bryn, I think Bryn Forbes is going to be around until February 10th. You think we'll just cut him or trade him? I think he is strictly there to make salary math work in trades. And I think they will buy him out after the trade deadline. Yeah. Once Matt Ryan came in, I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. It's it's just not, it's just not happening. And there's definitely a hot streak in there somewhere because he's too good a shooter, but the defense is so bad. And I can't believe how often his three pointers get blocked. I was about to say, I've never seen a person get blocked on the he's perimeter. So, so much. small. So yeah, I, I, we thought he would be 80% of Malik Beasley. He has been, Negative 200. He has been Josh Okogie without the defense. <laughs> Josh Okogie without the smile. It's like, and like, even Malik had like bad games. He had some swagger to him. Or it's like, oh, Malik's coming in. Like, there's always hope. When Brink comes in, he just looks so dejected. His jersey's tucked in a little bit baggily, which kind of gives me like AAU vibes, which could go either way. Um, Bryn. Yeah. But his pregame, like the Miller Lite drip cam, always comes in looking fitted. Yeah. So good Hands- for him. Handsome guy, Bryn yeah. Forbes. The game is ugly, though. <laughs> uh, my third New Year's resolution is for the fans at Target Center. We got to be more lit. Um, I saw a video from a 76ers game. I posted it on my story where they were playing Lil Uzi Vert. 
and the place was rocking like the Target Center was during the playing game. And despite the woes of this season and the boos that we've rained down upon the team, we being you guys, I would never do that because I'm a real one. But uh, the shitting on the listeners, you Interesting. know, I, I see you guys boo at the Target Center. It makes me sad. Um, I know that's a result of like having expectations on the team for the first time since 2005. But uh, despite the negativity around this team, Minnesota has proven itself to be the state of basketball. I don't want to hear anything else about it. The hoops talent in the state has been infiltrating the WNBA and NBA for years and doesn't plan on stopping anytime soon. And the moment the Timberwolves gave Minnesotans something to be cheering for, we went nuts. We went we went to having like no talk on like K fan to like they're having Timberwolves segments and people were tweeting about it and getting back into it and. I saw even at the state fair, I, I had to take my dog to the emergency vet by the state fair one day, which is kind of a sad thing. It was very sad. He had a very bloody tongue and I was, you know, going past the state fair and I saw minimal twins gear, minimal Vikings gear, a lot of wolves gear. And that's just like, you know, that's the casual, you know, I don't think of like the state fair as like basketball mm-hmm. folks. So to see like suburban casuals get into it um, was great. And also season ticket packages were at an all time high. So I think we are the state of basketball. We are the state of hoops. Not just a Jake's graphs blog, but I think it's it's a legitimate thing, and we need to do our best to keep walking that walk and not get so dejected. And we got to put our Minnesota sports fan cynicism to the side and just get hype because that feeds into the team. If we get hype, mm-hmm. you can feel the arena, you can feel it at home when things like gets a little bit too quiet on TV. Yeah. So like, let's just go crazy when 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 Katie and MC John like tell us to get loud. Let's just get loud and just do our best and go crazy. Maybe that's like the Midwestern thing and comparing Minnesota to the East Coast Philly fans. Yeah, I mean, I tough. think it's. Just go nuts. I think there's just this. It's it's partly the Timberwolves fault, but I think it's kind of a built up Minnesota fanhood thing. Yeah, I think Minnesota fans have been hurt so much mm-hmm. by the Vikings, Twins, and Timberwolves that there's just this like there's this fear that if I go all in on something, it's gonna hurt me. Mm-hmm. And to that, I would say. It's not going to hurt any less by enjoying the good times more. Yeah. So like it hurts either way. If you're yeah. Like, Whoa. Yeah. Like it's I, it's with the Vikings this season. Everyone loves to argue the DVOA and they're not actually this good. Here's the actual truth: the Vikings are 12 and four. They've had some of the most exciting games I can ever remember this season. And at the end of the season, they're probably not going to win the Super Bowl because most teams don't win the Super Bowl. And it's still going to have been an awesome, fun season. Do you want to hear my prediction about the Vikings? I think they're going to lose to the Packers in the playoffs at some point. I think they the Packers to, are hot. They would the have to get up. really deep because they're probably not going to. They're bringing me on the. It would have to be like the NFC Championship game. Well, if that's the case, it'll be real sad. <laughs> we never talked about my predict. We never talked about my prediction run on the pod. How I hit like three in a row. Oh yeah, you were killing it. You even predicted a good Rudy Gobert game at one point. <laughs> that's what killed it. That's what made me mad about him for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's totally true. Um, it's just a, it's just a, it's, it, and it's not the Timberwolves. Well, it is a little bit of the Timberwolves' fault. It's a third of the Timberwolves' fault. Actually, it's probably fifty percent the Vikings' fault, twenty five percent the Twins' fault, forty percent the Twins' fault. 10%. I would say it's mostly the Vikings' fault because that's the most popular team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the Twins can't just win a Who? single playoff game. Who? The team that you remember? There was a team, and then they left. Um, you, oh, you've always been a Mariners I, fan. That's right. Though. I thought, oh, the Twins are still a team. Yeah. I thought they got contracted. No, no, huh? Basically the same thing. When the playoffs roll around, they're... They, they play either, baseball? Yeah. The, with the stick? Yep. And the ball? With the stick. No, that's hockey. Oh, they have the they have the, the pigskin gloves. <laughs> the pigskin. 
They're leather, but okay. Oh yeah, 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 leather like um horses. Yeah, let's move. Let's move this bit along. <laughs> it's gone on a little too far. <laughs> All right, we have a third. No, it's, it's your turn, right? Yeah, I can give my third. Um, Wait, what's the twins logo? Enough of this bit. <laughs> Uh, the third and final New Year's resolution for me is a New Year's resolution for the entire Wolves coaching staff. And it is to stop doing round robin halftime interviews and give them all to Micah Nori. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to Pablo Prigioni, Elston Turner, Kevin Hansen. I'm sure you guys are tremendous basketball coaches and know a lot about basketball. Every time I see a halftime interview and it's not Mike Inori, I get mad because I want to hear Mike Inori's weird metaphors about what went wrong in the first half. Like, oh, we coughed up the ball too much. It's like when you got a cold and your mom doesn't have any NyQuil. <laughs> Do you think they have a bet going to see if he can say that stuff or is he actually just saying that? I just think he's a weird, funny guy. He does look um, like a weird, funny guy. So I just... For the next how 50, 50-ish games that they have left, I want Mike Inori to do the halftime interview at all of them. I think I think I disagree only because I like I think Elston has some funny bars and Pablo's just always smiling. <laughs> so I'm like, oh that guy. I think they do like a monthly rotation thing because it was like Mike Inori at the beginning of the season, uh. then it was Pablo for a while, and then I think it was Elston in the last game. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming we're gonna get a nice little Elston run here. I, I I'm I'm I, I like them all. I think we have a good uh, assistant coaching thing ever, but it's just, it's hard to beat the weird. I I, I love Mike and Ori halftime interviews, so that's what I want more of. I, you know what? Whatever. I agree. I'm I'm here for the bit and the LOLs, <laughs> and Mike and Ori is it. Um, all right, Durf. What is your third and final um, your resolution? Wow, I predict this one's going to be 41 seconds. You have a lot to say. My third and final resolution is on behalf of Timberwolves fans as a collective and it's to just uh we're just gonna enjoy the basketball season you know we're not gonna let any prior expectations trades trade implications um things leading into this year and we're gonna acknowledge that each year is independently its own with independent variants and factors that ultimately lead to the success or failure of our favorite basketball team so we're gonna roll with the punches have fun root for our favorite players and uh pray for more Arby's. so that's what i got hmm. similar to mine nice plagiarism excellent excellent thoughts but Durf. i i generally agree in I studio agree. Durf. i agree too Durf sitting right over there uh do we want to read a couple new year's resolutions yeah, yeah, yeah. that we, we got on twitter we solicited on twitter at no pants crunch for um ones that you had do you have those pulled up yeah i do in? all right what do you got i got a couple um so, so one from uh, super fan, super listener, Holly. Love Holly. Uh, New Year's resolution for the organization. Similar to your uh, wanting the fans to get more hype, she wants the organization to do more crowd interactions mm. and get the fans more in, more invested in the game. So she wants more, more music and dancing and games and stuff during the timeout to keep the energy up so that that malaise doesn't set in. What do, you, in, what, what do you think that looks like for you? Or what would you like to see? Um... I think maybe like the halftime games can sometimes be a little bit dull, like the tic-tac-toe game where the two adults somehow forget how to play tic-tac-toe. Where do they get these people? If you play tic-tac-toe, it's impossible to lose at tic-tac-toe if you know how to play. You can play every game to a tie. 
<laughs> and these people somehow mess it up. <laughs> Future guests on the show, John, the MC, he will be on here. I'm sure we'll get Katie in here too at some point. We'll have to ask him about that. Like, how do you pick the most idiot people? Like, are you profiling for dumbness? Um, yeah. Uh, and maybe just more kids involved in the halftime kids entertainment. Always get people like going. the kids dance contest, the kids dunk contest. Kids dunk That's contest. That's always fun. There was a girl last year who did like a ballet move and then dunked it and targets had lost their minds like it was Yuta Watanabe. It was nuts. Bring Yuta Watanabe out there, have the kids dunk on him. <laughs> this is genius. What if Anne comes out in a Yuta Watanabe jersey and lets kids dunk on no, him? Kids dunk contest and Anne is out there competing. <laughs> Magnificent. Also, um, at the Nuggets game, they had the one where they have fans in like the inflatable balls and they just run at each other and, try and, <laughs> and like a, knock them out. That's that, a fun one. That's a great one. I'm trying to think of what I would like to see. And I just, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I, I, I like, I like that uh, thought from Holly. Also, Holly, thank you for the, the freaking oh, alternate yeah. logos. The logos Nuts. were nice. Check out, uh, what is it? Holly. Was it at Holly Lynn Designs? Yeah. Holly Lynn Designs. We posted it on our Instagram story. Perhaps we'll have, we'll have to ask her if we can post it on our own and then yeah. tag her. So it's um, in perpetuity yes. on the, on the feed, immortalized forever. Uh, and then we'll do, let's do one more listener one here uh, okay. and then we can move on to our special, even though we're all three here in yes. studio, a special Durf's going to sit out our wow competition. Yeah. And it's quite the name too. Um, and this one is from uh, Eric Frank or Eric Frankie. I don't know how to pronounce. I thought it was Franke. <laughs> Eric Franke. <laughs> He's French. He's a huge Rudy Gobert <laughs> He's fan. a huge Rudy guy. <laughs> um, his New Year's resolution is for the fans. Uh, and I like this one. It's to stop treating every loss like the end of the world and just enjoying the wins and the losses. Um, we have to learn how to lose. <laughs> I agree. I agree with this take. Um, the season has not gone well compared mm -hmm. to expectations, but the doom and gloom existential crisis thing after every loss is a little exhausting at times. It makes Twitter not fun. And Twitter yeah. is fun if you mute the right accounts. <laughs> so, and I understand I understand people should be angry when they're on a five-game losing streak and they don't get up and beat the Pistons. But when they lose to the Clippers on the road in a game where they have no point guards and Carl Anthony Towns doesn't play and Torian Prince doesn't play and Rudy Gobert hurts his ankle in the third quarter and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both play for the Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back, that's just an okay game to lose. They are going to lose more games this season. With that attitude. <laughs> so I agree. Don't, don't treat every loss like an existential crisis. Uh, they're, they might have a, they have a nice, easy stretch of the schedule here coming up. It worked great when the soft yeah. part of the schedule earlier in the season. And maybe they win, maybe they win four games in a row. If they go three and one or two and two, that's not the end of the world. We kind of need to start racking up some wins, though. But again, the West, the NBA, just like the, the yeah. parody is just nuts this year. So maybe yeah. this is just maybe it's the new NBA where there's a lot of talent. I, I just thought of one more resolution. May I say it? Yes, go for it. This is for the company Mitchell and Ness, the um, vintage sports company that I get a lot of stuff from, and I pay you way too much money. Do not tell my wife. Um, you guys got to make more Timberwolves stuff. Cause I get emails from them and it's like new throwback stuff. And it's like this amazing 76 or stuff, so much Lakers stuff, all this Bulls stuff. And I go, where's the new stuff for the Timberwolves? Nothing new for like three or four months. We'll buy it. We'll just give, you know, make it unlimited runs. And I would just, I would love to give you my money. 
so much more frequently than I do. Loves Jordan loves capitalism. I am a huge, well, I have a I think it works on Main Street. <laughs> I don't, above the state level, I don't think capitalism works because there's no real competition. I don't think we need to get into this. It was just a joke. <laughs> well, I'm like, I do on a local level. I think you know the whole buy back the block thing, whatever. Um, but no, that, there's no time for some socioeconomic talk. It's time for Random Wolf of the Week. Bum, 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 bum. Special edition, mono mono Special edition, beat down, beat off with Brandon and Jordan. <laughs> special edition, beat down, beat off. All right. So what is this? You're like, what is this? What is this whole new thing? Well, we're going to do a bit where Durf just gives his in-studio yeah. random answer. Yeah. We are all in the studio. Yes. Uh, but we're excluding Durf from most of this. Brandon and I have both assemble the random wolf of the week and we're gonna go are we gonna go clue by clue to each other to see who can get there first yeah so i For think the mono that, mono beat down beat I, up i think the plan so first yeah. derf derf is gonna make a guess if he yeah, gets derf. one of them if he does what do we do then we just play the other person <laughs> that's R-Y. smart i'm glad we both prepared one. Oh man i really think it's gonna be thad young thaddeus young that's my guess Mine is not Thaddeus Young. Mine is not Thaddeus Young. Okay. What if ours was both Thaddeus Young? <laughs> I was thinking about that. What if we have the same one? It's not impossible. So okay, let's let's uh let's give this a shot then. You you go first, Brandon. Yeah. Give me your oh, first. Oh, you want to have the first chance to win. So the no, it's like baseball. Yeah. You get the bottom of the so, ninth. So the rules are like I give a hint, Jolly guesses, Jolly gives a hint, I guess, and we're just one of us is trying to win. Be the first one to guess the other person's random wolf. I'm trying to imagine someone listening to this and getting so stressed out by back-to-back clues <laughs> of different players and trying to keep yeah, it. Yeah, they could have a tough time, but okay. We hint. never said we were an easy listen. <laughs> hint number one. Number one. He was selected fifth overall in the year 2000 by the Orlando Magic. Tom, Gu- no. I take that back. 2000 by the Magic. Did John Amici play for us? No, he was in the league before that. I'm going to guess John Amici. <laughs> That's not correct. <laughs> I remember he was on NBA Live 2001. I'd always trade for him because I needed a center. Okay. I thought Amici was a cool last name. And he had a goatee, and I went through a big goatee phase, and I was like eight. I'm like, goatees are cool. What are the odds you have a goatee for the next show recording? <laughs> Zero. I look like a little child. Okay. My clue number one was he was drafted by the Spurs and then immediately traded to the Grizzlies back when they were in Vancouver and had the hardest jerseys and warmups of all time. Oh, so it's an older player because they have Vancouver Grizzlies are older. I'm going to type down your clue just so I don't, I can look at Okay. Um, is it uh, Pooh Richardson? No. No. I'm not, okay. not going to give you any more context clues. <laughs> okay. Okay, All what's right. your clue number two? Clue number two. He was a college teammate of Udonis Haslam. Mm. Hey, where did Udonis go to college, by the way? You should figure that out. You can't look Hey, look over up. there. You can't type. You can't look this up. Because um, you might find a picture of him or you're something. You're right. Okay, I'm not even going to look at it. Um, Udonis Haslam, where did he go? In 2000? He was drafted in 2000. By the Magic? By the Magic. Are we doing this bit again? <laughs> Um, that's interesting that the Magic are in Florida and you know as Haslam plays for Miami mm-hmm. who was in Florida um, I don't know where you know as Haslam went to college so I'm going to say so 90 so jeez oh, um, I'm going to say freaking jeez uh, Gary Trent 
Gary Trent is incorrect. No, he went to Minnesota, didn't he? I think so. But yeah. no, Gary my Trent bad. is incorrect. I got stressed out. Okay. Um, my clue number two is he appeared on the cover of Sports Illustrated before he even played in his first college basketball game. Before he even played in his first college basketball mm-hmm. game? It was kind of a big deal from what I learned on Wikipedia about this guy. And he played for the Vancouver Grizzlies and he played for the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. There's one other team in there too, but I won't give that to you ever. Fine. Um, it was the Wizards. <laughs> um, is it uh, Terrell Brandon? No. It's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your turn. Oh, yeah. It is my turn. Yeah. This back and forth <laughs> thing is, is This tough. is not a beat down beat up. This is a silence. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. He was acquired... In the draft day trade of OJ Mayo for Kevin Love. Oh, we got another guy with that trade? We got a, that trade was gigantic. I can't remember. I remember I was jumping on the trampoline with my friend Joey when that trade went down. I looked uh, I, well, I was I was looking at the trade. I was gonna include everyone in the trade, but it was exhausting. <laughs> that was a massive trade. Yeah, there was like there was like 10 players involved in it. <sighs> Jeez. This is definitely my era of wolf. I'm trying to think of who was in there. Um, I'm going to guess this gets to like a weird portion of, of Wolves history where we had like random one-offs. I'm going to guess it was freaking. Oh, dude, I don't even freaking know. I'm stressed and embarrassed. Um, so that was 2006. Can I have yeah. the year? The, what do you mean? The year, the, the draft of the, the year, the trade happened. Is that the, I think that's the 2007 draft. Cause yeah. they drafted, they, they got Foy in the 06 draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Damn, I don't even remember. Or maybe being... it's even later than that. I don't even remember people like the people that were in that trade. Uh, besides OJ Mayo, I thought it was a one for one up until now. <laughs> um, who was playing for the Wolves around that time? It wasn't Wally. We didn't draft Wally in two thousand. Is that your guess? Sure. Let's just advance the game. Uh, it is not Wally Zerbiak. He was drafted by the Magic in two thousand. Wally was. Yeah, and Wally played with Kevin Garnett. Yeah, and we trade we got him in the trade where we got Kevin Love. Oh yeah, well, and we <laughs> traded him. Away. But when did we trade him away? No, he was acquired in the trade. He came with Kevin Love. Oh, I thought I thought he got Mayo. traded away. My bad. Oh. I'm gonna chalk that one up to a misunderstanding. Wally got traded for Ricky Davis and Mark Blunt. Oh, what a great trade that was. Ricky Davis, underrated wolf. I'm gonna use him for my random wolf of the week next. Who knows? Good to know. Clue number three. He went to St. John's University where he is fourth all time in points scored behind Chris Mullen, Malik Seeley, and D'Angelo Russell Harris. St. John's. St. John's SI cover, drafted by the Spurs, played his rookie season for the Grizz. I don't like the mono mono yeah. beat down beat up. It's, it's hard without someone to like bounce suggestions off of. Um Okay, so he's a scorer. Well, he in college, St. John's. Um, man, I don't know. Um, I, I think I got you on this one. To be I honest. think you do too. Is it? Uh, so it's like that era. It's like that, like late '90s, early 2000s era. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, is it? Uh, no, it's not Latrell Sprewell or Sam Cassell. Is it Troy Hudson? No, it is not. All right. Sorry. 
This is this is the hint. This is the type of hint that will that might give it away for you because you always ask this. Yes, sir. Is a number? He wore number thirty-three for the Timberwolves. Brad Miller. Incorrect. No, it's not Brad Miller. <laughs> it's not Brad. Oh, Miller. it's Mike Miller. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Brad Miller played for us though. Was yeah, he thirty? Brad Miller did play for us. I think he was like fifty. Can I look up Brad? No, he's fifty-two. Just, You're right. Okay. Brad Miller. Give me your hint. Wait, I want to see. It was 13? What? Oh, that's, an, that's a baseball player. Whatever. Yeah, Brad Miller. Okay, whatever. A clue, number four. He signed with the Timberwolves in 2001, where he played two seasons, averaging 3.8 points per game in 11 minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Is it uh, Irvin Johnson? No. It's not Irvin Johnson. All right, your turn for the clue. It's Mike Miller. Yeah, it's 28th all-time and three-point percentage. It's Mike Miller, which it was funny because you were like, it's weird that this guy was drafted by the Magic and Udonis Haslam plays in Miami, and that's all in Florida. And the college they went to no. was Florida. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to be like, pull that out. Okay. Um, well, I win, but okay. I can't believe I beat you. I picked that kind of screwed you on this one. I know this is. A, I'm prepared for this one to be so bad. Uh, clue number five: He shares a last name with an iconic comedian who had a show on Nickelodeon that would play at like 11 p.m. And the joke is, you'd always wake up and the show would be playing um, if you fell asleep on the couch. And he's a he's a comedian. Did I tell you that? And they share the same last name, and it's a pretty iconic comedian. Is it and, George Lopez? Yes. I don't know. I don't know Lopez. You don't know a Lopez Wolf? Rodrigo Lopez. That's the most insane microaggression <laughs> you could ever say. On no, Rodrigo that. Lopez is a oh. is a he was a baseball player. Oh, I thought this was a fake guy you were making up and just no. being. <laughs> okay, never mind. It's not a microaggression. It's Felipe Lopez. Felipe Lopez. If I had guessed a different baseball player, I would have gotten it. Because <laughs> he, he was the second baseman for the Reds back yeah. in the day, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's Felipe Lopez. Yeah, I would have I would have not gotten that one. Well. I am the the beat off winner, <laughs> the mono e mono special edition beat down beat off R wow. Let's see, what else is there for us to discuss? I think I think we covered it all. Okay, let's do let's do one. If you could trade D'Angelo Russell for anybody, what would it be? Mine would be Shaq. <laughs> I mean, Prime Shaq for for like, is it anybody or anybody realistic? Because if it's anybody, Steph. God, that'd be so great. Um, Turn off trade denials. Realistically, I think if we're talking about the guys who I think we could realistically get, as much as I poo-pooed the Fred Van Vliet thing, I think that's probably the highest level guy. I have a quick list of the people that are rumored. This is from NBC Sports. Zach Levine, Bojan Bogdanovic, which they want a first-round pick for him. So yeah, there's happen. no chance. Jakob Pertl. No chance. We don't need one. We don't need another center. Mo Bamba, again, I would love it. Don't need him. Pat Bev would love it. I don't see how that works. Kendrick Nunn, Trey Jones. You need to get a lot more in the Trey Jones trade because of salary math, but I would love Trey Jones as a fit on this team. Mm. Also, I couldn't log into my Facebook, so I couldn't get into that Facebook group to show you the wild trades. Um, Kyle Lowry, I do not want Kyle Lowry. Oh, I do want Kyle Lowry. Because he's like a thick king. I think he's, like we've been saying, they need role players, point of attack defenders. He's, he's expiring not, though, isn't he? Or is he no, he's got another year after this. Okay. So it it's... It kicks the can down the road. To he keep defends too, right? That's his thing. Yeah, I mean, he's he's older, so he's fallen off a little bit. He's a lot like Torian Prince. He draws a lot of charges. He is like gets to a lot of loose balls. Um, he's like crafty and 
is kind of like Pat Bev. In he has that, a friendly face. He's kind of like Pat Bev in that he fouls, but they don't call it because his reputation is that he's a good defender. Because he has a friendly face. And a big old badonkadon. <laughs> I love a good, I love a thick king. Eric Gordon. A uh, good fit, but I think they will get more for him than D'Angelo Russell. Kyle Kuzma. I would love that. We're not going to get him. And also, we don't need another forward. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've always been a little lower on Kyle Kuzma than the general consensus is. Is the Lakers stink still on him? I think he was overrated when he was with the Lakers. And now that's underrated kind of, for the Wizards. I think it's kind of carried over. Um, he's not like super efficient. Like he doesn't, he's not ball as, dominant. He's like not that. like a great shooter, but he shoots a lot. So he makes a lot of threes, but he shoots like below 32%. That's like, not great. And then there's Miles Turner and Vucevic. It's Vucevic, right? I do not want Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, so it's just a lot of centers on the market right now. So maybe we Mike were, Conley is another one who I, I think is I, a good fit. I don't want to trade with the Jazz again. I'm worried. <laughs> well, I mean, what if it was? What's Conley's contract? It's pretty similar to uh, Kyle Lowry's. It's about like a like twenty. Conley's like twenty one million for two years, and Lowry's like twenty six for two years. Could we somehow be like, hey, Danny Ainge, you kind of fleeced us, D'Angelo for Vando and Conley the, back. The salary math works on that. I don't think that's terribly unrealistic. Don't, we would probably don't have give to. Me, don't we give would me probably hope. have to trade Nas Reed in that's that fine. trade, but I would do it. I, I don't think that's terribly unrealistic. I do think that the Jazz probably view Vando as untouchable, not untouchable, but a more long-term piece. What about what if it was Malik back? I don't want Malik Beasley back. Why he shoots threes and he has the cool. Remember the cool? Yeah, he's he's good vibes. We've been talking all about how they're lacking point of attack defenders. That's true. That's true. And, and we, they suck at rebounding. Be, if, if we got Vando, it would be like, we are the teams of centers and forwards. Imagine the starting lineup was Kyle Anderson at the, at the one, Torian at the two, Vando at the three, Cat at the four, and Ru- <laughs> Gobert at the five. Why, not, why is Ant not in the starting lineup? Ant's leading the second unit. Ant could be the two. He's big. Ant could be the one. That's probably a better lineup. All right, well... That's the pod. Um, if you made it this far into the podcast, as always, make sure you leave that uh, five-star rating, which people have. We've got all five-star yeah. ratings. We're in an echo chamber of our own excellence, which we love. I'm sure that's not mostly our friends and family. I can almost guarantee <laughs> that it isn't. It's all random strangers, including our listeners from New Zealand. We're international, so think about that. Also, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I promise to be more active on TikTok. Um, at No Pants Crunch. If you have any content ideas, let me know. Um, I love you so much. 